Welcome to Sex Spoken Here with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. I am a sex coach and relationship psychologist and created this show to help you solve any sexual problems, learn about all things sexy, sensual, and intimate, and create your ideal lasting relationship. In my virtual therapy room, I answer questions, interview experts, and provide tips that you can use straight away. Listen in weekly as I share key strategies to help you create a problem-free, exciting sex life. Make sure you join us to be up to date on all events and to easily access coaching at www.the-intimacy-coach.com. Welcome to my virtual therapy room. I am Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee, and this is Sex Spoken Here. Remember that this podcast deals with adult themes. So if you don't have privacy, you might wish to put on your headphones. Happy New Year. This week, most people are making their New Year's resolutions to try to get the year off to a great start. Each year at this time, I like to make relationship resolutions. When I work with couples, I spend time helping them to create a solid foundation to their relationship that includes clear routines and rituals. Both routines and rituals help to create a solid rhythm for the relationship. Rituals mark occasions in our relationships. We use ritual to help create a safe and sacred space in which to celebrate or grieve. Ritual provides us with ways to connect and reconnect. Routines are equally helpful. They provide a framework that keeps a relationship stable and helps people to be clear about roles and responsibility and make it easier for us to reconnect after conflict. Traditional New Year's resolutions set out our intentions for the coming year. Often they're focused around health and well being. The most common ones are losing X amount of weight, going to the gym, often in order to lose X amount of weight and sometimes to tone or to build muscle, and quitting smoking and or drinking. People are more likely to follow through on their resolutions and keep them up if they frame them as goals and create action steps that lead to the goal instead of just intentions. In long-term relationships, reviewing agreements and commitments, talking about desires, wants, and needs is important if your relationship is to stay successful and to grow with you. Reviewing this annually means that you are much more likely to catch issues early and be able to resolve them than if you only review when a problem arises. To make this easier, I created a framework for relationship resolutions. Step one, review your expectations. All relationships contain expectations. Many times these are unspoken, and this is the source of many upsets and chronic conflicts. In my work with people, I recommend examining expectations and making them clear and explicit. Initially, this means that you have to look at your own expectations of your partner or a potential partner. To do this thoroughly, you have to look at expectations in relation to all areas of your life together. 
For example, expectations in relation to how your partner looks, how they take care of themselves, how they look after their health, including mental health, drug and alcohol use, their diet, maybe you're a vegan, or perhaps you expect your partner to also be a meat eater because you are one too. Time spent with you, time spent with family, your family, their family, time spent with friends, your friends, their friends, employment and finance, sex and intimacy, cooking, house cleaning and repairing, religion and spiritual, activities, holidays, children, and future goals. This is not my full list, but should give you an idea of how detailed this activity can be. For anyone interested in the full workbook, email me at drbisbee at the-intimacy-coach.com. That's D-R-B-I-S-B-E-Y at the-intimacy, I-N-T-I-M-A-C-Y-coach.com. Review your agreements is step two. Review any agreements you have made. Make sure to highlight the ones you have kept and celebrate these. The ones that have been broken should be examined and renegotiated. Again, if you're interested in my full workbook on how to do this, email me at drbisbee at the-intimacy-coach.com. Step three. Set your goals for your, for your relationship for the year. Set goals for the mundane through to the extraordinary. Examples of mundane goals could include, Mary will do the ironing every week. John will rinse the dinner dishes, put them in the dishwasher, and wash all pots and pans each evening before bed. Mary will walk the dog every morning. John will walk the dog every evening. Examples of enjoyable goals. Mary and John will have sex at least twice per week. Mary and John will take a weekend away every eight weeks. Examples of extraordinary goals. We will go to a relationship retreat. We will take a honeymoon trip. We will take, attend a swingers club twice during the year. We will go to relationship coaching or therapy. When you set your goals, note if they are long-term, short-term, or full year-long goals. Some of your goals may actually be ones that you would have over a number of years. If this is so, be very clear about this. Clarify who is doing what for each goal. If it is a goal for you, both of you to do something, you will address each person's responsibilities when looking at the action steps. In this case, just make sure that you're putting down both of us are involved in this goal. Be clear how you will know that the goal has been reached. For example, for a goal that has a number attached to it, like 
attend a burlesque show on two date nights. It's really easy to see how you'll know the goal has been reached. Did you do it? Then you've reached the goal. For a goal like create a brilliant sex life, it's harder to tell if the goal's been reached unless you both define how you will know that you have reached the goal. What would a brilliant sex life look like? Think about how you feel. What will reaching the goal look like? What will happen and or be accomplished? What will it sound like? Write a detailed description of what reaching this goal looks like. Each of you should do that individually and then put your descriptions together, share them with each other. It's particularly important that you share your descriptions of what meeting the goal looks like with each other. Because when your descriptions differ, then one of you can think that the goal is completed and be quite satisfied, whereas the other may feel terribly dissatisfied, and that will obviously create discord. For anyone who's interested in the full workbook, again, you can email me at drbisby at the-intimacy-coach.com. Step four, set action steps for each goal. When creating action steps, make sure the steps are manageable chunks. For example, for the goal, we will attend a swingers club twice during the year. Book the tickets is a manageable step. Most people don't need that step broken down smaller. Listing no action steps would make the goal potentially unmanageable. Make sure to be clear who's responsible for which action step. So John will book the tickets is a better way of phrasing an action step if John is the one who's going to be responsible for this. And pay attention. When you're, when you're um, dividing up a goal and you're looking at your full picture of goals and dividing responsibilities, do pay attention to make sure that there's some balance in who's responsible for what. There are a lot of relationships in which one person ends up responsible for most of the action steps. And if that persists for too long, this will definitely cause problems in your relationship. Sometimes in those relationships, the exchange between two people may look a little bit different. So it's worth defining what your partner is getting out of you doing the action steps towards this goal. If you're going to be responsible for most things or vice versa, if they're going to be responsible for most things, balance goes a really long way to helping create a happy relationship. Be clear how you'll know that the action step has been completed. Now, I know that sounds really obvious, but sometimes it's not really clear. So, for example, there are situations in which one person has to complete something before the other person can do their part. So be clear how you're going to notify someone that the bit is done so that progress gets made adequately through to the goal. Also, when you're looking at your action steps, make sure you order the steps well. Some people find it easier to make a map or a flow chart so that you can see exactly what the steps are and the choices and who's responsible in visual form. 
Again, if you're interested in the full workbook on this section, email me at drbisbee at the-intimacy-coach.com. Step five, how will you manage conflict or difficulty around the goal if it arises? If you're having trouble making progress towards the goal, how are you going to manage this? This step is where you want to come up with how to deal with conflict, renegotiation, or if you're going to decide to abandon a goal. This is the place where you can look at incentives to make it easier for people to make progress towards the goal. So for example, if um, you're looking at one of the mundane goals, like John's going to do all this washing before bed so that the, in the morning when everyone comes down, there's no breakfast, there's no dinner dishes in the sink so breakfast can be made with full clean dishes. And he finds this really difficult. He really hates doing that. What incentive can you give him if he does this every day for a week? Um, will you cook him a special meal? Will he get to ask for something fun in bed? Will you go out and do an activity that he wants to do? What incentive might you give him if he does it every day for a month? The idea is to get him to do it every night for a year because that's what the goal was. But you might need some incentives. So that, this is the step where you want to be listing the incentives. And you'll notice we're not talking about any kinds of punishments or anything like that here. This is all about incentivizing and motivating so that you can both work towards your agreed-upon goals. Again, I've got a short workbook on this. If you're interested in that, you can email me at drbisbee at the-intimacy-coach.com. Step six, how will you celebrate reaching the goal? If the goal was a mundane one, celebrating completing it is a great idea. If you do all the chores you agreed to in the first quarter of the year, what will the big reward be? If you complete that whole year and do all those chores, what will the reward be then? Make sure to spend some time talking about what you each find rewarding because we don't always know and it's not always obvious. Look at tangibles, like things like food and drink and video games, jewelry, things you can purchase that are physical things that you'll have around. Um, look at experiences, things like spa visits or holidays, sporting events, tickets to concerts. Look at things that are somewhat intangible, like king or queen for a day, a massage from your partner, special sexual favors from your partner. Again, I've got a workbook that helps lay this out to make it easier to look at. And if you're interested in, in acquiring this, do email me at drbisbee at the-intimacy-coach.com. Now, some people find that it is much easier to do this work with the help of a coach. For others, the help of a coach only becomes essential when they run into conflict. Here are my tips about when you should prioritize getting some help. When there is violence, when you have a conflict. Violence in a relationship is not acceptable. Professional help can teach you other ways to manage conflict that are safe and productive. So this is the time when prioritizing getting help 
is essential. When you cannot approach a topic without an argument, if you argue every time you approach a particular topic, it can be really hard to break this pattern without someone who is neutral to help change the cycle. A relationship specialist can help you identify the pattern and teach you a variety of ways to manage conflict that avoid a cyclical argument that never reaches a conclusion. When you have a conflict and it becomes personal. Personal attacks cause trust and intimacy to decrease. They make conflict last longer and cut deeper. Personal attacks are harder to forgive and goodwill disappears for longer, so reconnecting is harder. So when I'm talking about personal attacks, I'm thinking of things like calling someone names, telling them they're a horrible person or they're a bad person, rather than looking at the actions and behaviors that are the problem. When you have a conflict, it becomes heated. Heated conflicts are harder to manage. If you have the skills to reduce the temperature, then professional input is probably not needed. If you find reducing the temperature difficult or impossible, then you would benefit from professional help. Your conflicts don't resolve. Lots of couples have the same argument over and over and over again. Some have the same issue arise no matter what the argument is. This can make it hard to approach your partner to resolve a difference as people begin to dread the never-ending argument. Again, a relationship specialist can help you learn to let go of past emotional charge and methods of arguing constructively. Having a neutral third person who has expertise in sex, intimacy, and relationships, as well as communication and negotiation will make all of these tasks easier. One of the most valuable outcomes from a good relationship work is the acquisition of new skills which you can apply to all areas of your life. When I started this podcast, I started out by talking briefly about routines and rituals. So how does this relate to relationship resolutions? Routines and rituals are made up of a collection of goals and activities. So when you are doing these resolutions and setting these goals, some of these will become your routines. For example, some of them will become routines, some of the mundane ones, routines about how we handle our space, right? How we organize our space, how we keep our space clean, how we um, handle all of the chores that go on with living together, for example. So we develop routines about cleaning our clothes. We develop routines about cleaning the house. We develop routines about eating a meal. We develop routines about uh, doing the shopping, purchasing the groceries. All of this can be built into routines. Now, we might also develop a ritual that goes to help us reconnect at the beginning of any meal. For example, lots of people 
say some form of grace at the beginning of a meal. People who are not religious may sit and take a minute to express gratitude to the person who created this meal for them or to express gratitude for, if they're meat eaters, the animals who gave up their flesh so that they could be fed. At the beginning of a meal is a really nice time to create a gratitude ritual. At the end of a meal is a time where people will often create a reconnection ritual. So they might agree that at the end of a meal, they're going to fill each other in, each other in about their day. Or at the end of a meal is a time that they're going to talk about something fun that they're planning for the next week or for the next month. So your routines and rituals encompass some of these goals that you set, become part of some of these goals that you set, these relationship resolutions. And um, the more that you integrate this, the more smoothly you can see your relationship progress. This is a great foundation. And foundations and structure in a relationship are important because there are touchstones when things become stressful or difficult. They are the things that allow us to easily remember that we're safe with our partners, that we are um, well-connected to our partners, that our partners have our back, that our partners love us, and that we love them, and that we have commitments going forward. So when you have a structure, it's, it's very, very helpful when times are more unstructured Structures allow us to explore more because we know we can come back to that grounded, stable place. Today I spoke about relationship resolutions, goals, intentions, action planning, expectations, agreements, a bit about routine and ritual and the importance of structure in a relationship. If you were triggered by anything I said today, or if this resonates with you and you want to know more, please email me at drbisby at the-intimacy-coach.com. That's D-R-B-I-S-B-E-Y at the-intimacy-coach.com. Thanks for joining me for Sex Spoking here with Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. Please write to me with suggestions for the show or questions you want answered at drbisby at theintimacycoach.com. Do follow me on Twitter and Instagram where I am at Dr. Bisbee and on Facebook and YouTube where it's Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. For a free 30-minute discovery session with me, go to https colon forward slash forward slash the dash intimacy dash coach dot com forward slash and click on the button that says schedule now on my contact page. Please leave a review on iTunes and or Stitcher if you enjoy the show. I look forward to seeing you next week. And thank you again for listening. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to Sex Spoken Here with Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. 
If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review here on iTunes or on Stitcher. And make sure you head over to www.the-intimacy-coach.com to subscribe for free newsletter updates to help you create and sustain an exciting trouble-free sexual life. Stay tuned for upcoming weekly episodes on all topics, sexy, sensual, and intimate. Thanks for listening.